Welcome into the Locked on Knicks podcast the day after a, depending on your opinion, either maybe semi-interesting, probably disastrous night for the New York Knicks um, after the 2022 NBA draft. Uh, I went solo last night. You might have caught it giving my immediate reaction, but now I'm joined by, guess who? Alex Wolf. He's back to give his thoughts. Alex, what are we going to get into? Well, uh, I'm certainly not going to be sunshine and roses today. I know I normally am, but I'm not particularly happy and I'll get into why. And then we'll just kind of talk it out. The Knicks trade out of the first round and get some future protected picks for their trouble. So we'll get into that next on Locked on Knicks. You are Locked on Knicks, your daily New York Knicks podcast, part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. And I think we see Willis coming out. There he comes right now. You are Locked on Knicks, your daily New York Knicks podcast. I want to thank you for making Locked on Knicks your first listen today. And every day we're now available on all platforms, including on YouTube. I am Gavin Shaw, a play-by-play broadcaster. He is Alex Wolf, editor-in-chief of the greatest Knicks website out there, The Strickland. And uh, yeah, this is this is Locked on Knicks, the day after the Knicks did not make the 11th pick in the draft. So I'll, I'll before throwing it to you for your thoughts, Alex, because I gave mine in depth last night. I just want to quickly recap what happened exactly with the New York Knicks last night. In order, they traded the 11th pick to the Oklahoma City Thunder. They got back three firsts from the Thunder, including a 2023 pick from Denver, and then picks that start in 2023 from Detroit and Washington. Then they traded the Denver 2023 third and four second-round picks to Charlotte for the 13th pick in the draft. Then they turned around and traded that 13th pick and Kemba Walker to Detroit for Milwaukee's 2025 first-round pick. Uh, The protections on each of those picks, the Pistons pick, is protected 1 through 18 in 2023 and 2024, 1 through 13 in 2025, 1 through 11 in 2026, 1 through 9 in 2027. The Washington pick is protected 1 through 14 next year, 1 through 12 in 2024, 1 through 10 in 2025, 1 through 8 in 2026. And the Milwaukee pick is will convey in 2025, presumably, because it is protected 1 through four. So, Alex, I can see that you're excited after hearing about that trade. Uh, now, uh, seriously, how do you – how do you how do you feel about all that? Because last night, I don't know. I was it was almost like too much to process in one night. And at least in my mind, it's kind of like, all right, you make this deal, you better have something in mind that you're going to do with those picks immediately. If not, it doesn't really make any sense to me. But what what do you think about it? Yeah, I mean, first off, they overpaid to get off of Kemba Walker's salary, which was just stupid move number one. Like it's sort of like trying to buy a house. Like if we're if we're looking at Jalen Brunson as trying to buy a house, right? And you're trying to buy a house. If you can't afford it and you're going to be house poor, then maybe you shouldn't be buying the house. And like if you can't eat a $2.5 million hit or whatever on Kemba Walker from stretching him and instead have to give up four second round picks to get off that, that's bad asset management. And maybe you just shouldn't be spending on a Jalen Brunson who's probably not going to like all I kept seeing last night as I was arguing with people on Twitter on one bar of service while I'm away for a friend's wedding. (laughs) is was like clearly they didn't see a needle mover and i'm like okay do you think brunson's moving the needle that much that you're willing to give up all these assets to clear this space for him i don't buy it and i like brunson like i think brunson is a great player i think he really showed something in this playoffs but 
why are the Knicks giving up all these assets just to create the space for him? You know, and I understand the second round picks are like, you know, sometimes get thrown around like candy, but we lauded the Knicks for accumulating those over time. And you would hope that they would be used for something a little more than just like, hey, let's get off this extremely low risk deal last year that we probably should have never put a guaranteed second you know, year on to begin with, but we did. But let's use these assets that we've now accumulated just to get off of our garbage. You know, it just it doesn't make any sense to me. It's self-created problems here. And so that that's the first part of it that annoys me. The second part is I think that based off the protections that are on those picks, and I can understand if some people think otherwise, but I think based off the protections on those picks, they're more or less fake first round picks. Like if you have picks that are have zero chance of landing in the lottery or at best could land potentially where the Knicks landed in yesterday's draft. That's not like, that's not going to be a huge needle mover in this like star trade that you're looking for down the line. Utah is not going to be like, Oh boy, we're looking to blow up our whole franchise and, you know, trade Donovan Mitchell. We can't wait to add a bunch of guys that pick 17 you know, in like two years time. Like, no, nobody is looking at that and saying, oh, wow, what a great asset. Like, this is a great pick to use. And then I had people, again, using online last night, like, oh, well, that a pick with even harsher protections just got the Knicks Cam Reddish. Sweet. I mean, I wasn't sold on Cam Reddish. He was a flyer. I mean, Cam Reddish is not a superstar or something. And maybe some people still think that. I've never thought that. He's always been a huge question mark. So, yeah, cool. You got to take a stab at a guy that was taking top 10. But, like, that, you know, that's a far cry from using a pick like that to get anyone of actual established NBA significance. And I don't think that those picks carry a lot of weight in those applications. And that's what annoys me with this whole thing is I just, like, you had two players at minimum available there that – I think we're worth potentially investing in, in, you know, either Jalen Duran or AJ Griffin. You had other guys that, I mean, even Usman Jang, who went with the, you know, the pick from the Knicks and then got traded to OKC as part of that big deal, I thought was potentially like worth taking there and betting on your development staff. Take this like 6'10, you know, skilled ball of clay, put some meat on his bones and hope that it works out. I mean, why not? What do you have to lose, right? And even like Jalen Williams or something like that, get a guy who's like super lengthy is a very tibsy sort of player and go with him. I just, I, you know, I don't understand the thought. Pro- I understand the thought process. Let's put it that way, but I strongly disagree with it. And to your point, unless they have something cooked up to follow this, or they think that they have an actual legitimate shot at like Donovan Mitchell within the next year or something like that. And Utah is actually going to look at this like quote unquote treasure trove of picks and be like, Oh wow, this is very compelling. We definitely want, you know, those picks as part of a Donovan Mitchell trade. Then, you know, maybe I'll eat my words at that point, but even then it's like, well, what are you still going to have to give up on the player front and on your own picks front? Because these picks alone are not going to get any sort of star trade done. They're going to essentially be sweeteners. So you just traded a lottery pick for a bunch of sweeteners. It just, it gets under my skin a bit. I don't like it. And I feel like this is just kind of adding to this trend that the Knicks for the last three years now, you know, like lo- I love the guys that they have picked when they've made picks, but like for the last three years now, their strategy has essentially just been, let's keep 
like kicking the can down the road and kicking the can down the road and kicking the can down the road. And they did that, you know, back in the in the first draft that they had by, you know, moving up their first round pick and their second round pick and then trading out of that second round pick. They did it last year by having two picks at 19 and 21 and then ultimately trading back and only ending up with a pick at 25 uh, to then use that other pick that they received to trade for Cam Reddish. And so it's just I'm like, you know, at a certain point, kicking the can down the road doesn't work anymore. And like if the Knicks, if all those picks say convey by next year or something, the Knicks are going to be in the same situation where they're going to be selling them off for pennies on the dollar because they're going to be saying, oh, we have too many picks and we can't roster three more rookies. So let's just trade this for another like what will it be next time? A top 22 protected first round pick that they're going to get back like it. I don't know. I, I don't like this strategy of of not taking a chance and trusting your scouting, especially when you have a guy in Walt Perrin that has done such a good job. Um, maybe I would eat my words if I could talk to Walt Perrin and he said, he told me with truth serum that there was not a single guy he thought was worth the pick at 11 yesterday, but in all likelihood, I don't think that's the case. <laughs> I agree with a lot of what you said and I have a lot of thoughts on it. For first, Alex, I gotta say, boom, shakalaka. We have big news. The one and only NBA Jam is back. Arcade went up. The leader in home retro arcade games is not only bringing the best game ever back, but they made it bigger than ever with a wait for it. Shack edition machine. People are obsessed with NBA Jam, and I'm thrilled to tell our listeners that you can once again play hoops with NBA legends in this arcade classic. Jump clear across the court and set the ball on fire. In one of the first sports games ever to feature real and digitized NBA licensed teams. No fouls, no free throws, and no quarters required. Compete with friends and family through all new Wi-Fi leaderboards, making you more connected than ever. Pre-order now from Arcade1Up.com. That's Arcade, the number one, up.com for an estimated early September ship date. They've got even more classics like Golden Tee, Mortal Kombat, and many others starting at just $399. So check this out. They're giving away an NBA Jam Shack edition to a lockdown listener. You can enter for a chance to win a game console for your man cave at Arcade1Up.com slash locked on. That's Arcade, the number one, up dot com slash locked on you've got till july 8th to enter to win an nba jam shack edition console don't miss out enter today who are you gonna play with and today's show is also brought to you by betonline.net betonline.net is your number one source for all your betting needs and sports info find all the latest sports developments league reviews and news including this year's nhl playoffs and major league baseball betonline is your continued source for all your sporting wagering information including live betting esports and scores and betonline.net .net remains the best spot for all your sports scores, podcasts, and news this season. BetOnline.net is the fastest and easiest way to check in on all your favorite sports and events, including MMA, boxing, and golf. Pretty soon, I'm sure there will be some new NBA futures coming out with the draft having been completed. I'm sure we'll have some free agent props to bet on soon enough. Uh, maybe betting on Jalen Brunson and the Knicks would not be the worst idea. But also, if you're a Mets fan... Mets plus one and a half runs against the Marlins. I mean, it's the Marlins we're talking about here. Taiwan Walker's on the mound. I think they should be okay. I would bet the Mets plus one and a half versus the Marlins today. Uh, but if you want to check out some odds and place some bets for yourself, head to the website today, betonline.net, or use your mobile device to learn more about the trends in action. Bet online where the game starts. All right, Gavin, I uh, I ranted and raved enough in that first segment. Did a little bit of a monologue. Apologies, apologies there. Uh, but, uh, what, it, what's your reaction to all that? Like, I haven't gotten a chance to watch your show from last night. So I'm kind of curious your thoughts on the, uh, overall state of things after these trades went down. 
Dude, I sent it to you like three in the morning. What are, what are you doing? I thought <laughs> I thought you would have woken up for that. Um, no, uh, that's 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 fair. Um, I part of my reaction is I wish they had just uh, unless I'm unless I'm completely off on the order of operations here and, and feel free to correct me if I am. I wish they just stopped in the middle, right? Because they could have traded essentially from eleven to thirteen and gotten those two first round picks from the Thunder, and then just cut it off there and still and not ended done up the Kemba part. Right, yeah. and ended up with one of Jalen Duran or A.J. Griffin, and that would have, to me, looked like a stroke of genius, considering that I, I think those were the guys that they probably would have wanted at 11 anyways. And the Jalen Duran part of this is, is, is the one that pains me. And I, Look, I kind of hate to do this about specific prospects, because last year we were on here and we were like complaining and moaning that they didn't find a way to get Sharif Cooper. And it turned out, like, oh, who knows, maybe Sharif Cooper grows into an NBA All-Star eventually. But after one year, that looks like, all right, that was kind of ridiculous. They're much better off trading back and getting Quentin Grimes. And maybe we'll, we'll look back a year from now. And obviously, these two aren't mutually exclusive. Trevor Keel's better than anyone that they could have gotten at at 16, right? Or, or whoever they trade those picks for. Wow, so much. They, they figured out a way to get Donovan. Mitchell and saying that we were complaining Griffin who's averaging two points per game on the Hawks right now right so time will give us some more perspective on this and if I've learned anything from the last two years of Nick's draft it, it, it's to place maybe a little bit of faith in this front office and, and and give it some air because we were mad the last two years right Emmanuel quickly I was like who is this guy he do doesn't seem like an NBA player to me Obi Toppin I was like oh, why did they take him over this guy this guy this guy this guy some of those are right a lot of those are wrong Obi Toppin's a nice player Quentin Grimes turned out to be a really good pick even if the asset management that got us there wasn't completely perfect but to me Jalen Duran seemed like such a good bet and it, to me, what this tells us is one, they, I mean, all of this tells us they definitely think they're getting Jalen Brunson. If not, this was really insane. Two, they're set on resigning Mitchell Robinson. And look, we, we love Mitch. We, we spent the first few months of this podcast calling it locked on Mitch. That being said, to me, Duran represents a guy whose worst case scenario is a lot of what Mitch is now, right? Maybe, maybe not quite the highs in terms of being the best rim finisher of all time and one of the best offensive rebounders in the league, but 95% of that and, and the ceiling or even the mid tier outcome for Jalen Duran, I think is a player at the center position. Who's a lot more intriguing with some flashes of, of an ability to facilitate maybe a little bit of a mid range jumper and defensively way more flexibility than Mitchell Robinson to jump out on the perimeter and, and, and switch and guard guys. And in the, in the playoffs, we keep talking about this in regards to Robinson. We, I had a 20 minutes on this with Jake Rosen that's what you need. You need that type of center in the modern NBA. And the fact that you're paying him, what, like a third of what Mitchell Robinson is going to be making, a fourth of what Mitchell Robinson is going to be making, that's probably closer to the truth. On an annual basis, it makes so much sense to me to take that swing on Jalen Duran. And I feel like the reason the Knicks didn't want to do that is because they have this, this, this false um, I don't. I was gonna say false flag. That's that's the wrong term. But they have this false, <laughs> this false incentive, like kind of like dangling in front of them. Like, oh, you got to make the playoffs. You got to be competitive, or, or Dolan's gonna turn on you and, and fire you. And I don't know if that's true or not. But that's the same thinking that has driven the Knicks ineptitude for the past two plus decades. Right. That's how we've gotten here. And the whole premise of this front office was that it was supposed to be different. And a lot of ways it is different. In a lot of ways, what they did with Kemba Walker last night, I think was indicative of what this whole free agency is going to be. And that's betting on the youth. And if that's, if that's the case, that is absolutely fantastic. But to me, going for a Jalen Duran over residing Mitchell Robinson. And yes, it sucks that you didn't get an asset for Mitchell Robinson at the trade deadline, but if it had worked out that way, I'm getting Jalen, I'm coming out of this draft with Jalen Duran and two extra first round picks. 
during a guy that a lot of people who are very, very smart considered a top five prospect in this draft. I'm ecstatic with that outcome. I'm really, really content. I'm saying you're betting on the youth and you're having a center who just on both ends of the floor, I think gives you more flexibility than what Mitch is at this point, because we, we know what Mitch is and it's a nice player. And it's a guy with some very defined strengths. But I think if you want to win deep in the playoffs, I could be proven wrong on this. I don't think he's the center to get you there. I think Duran theoretically could be. So that would have been interesting. AJ Griffin, literally like one of the best 18 year old shooters to ever come through college basketball, recovering from two knee injuries in high school, a guy who's six, six with what, like a seven, one wingspan and who had nuclear athleticism. That's someone I want to take a bet on again, totally plausible. Neither of those guys work out and, and the Knicks are justified or they turn these picks into a star. And again, in that scenario, this is justified, but they have to have such a good plan in place. And in my mind, they got these picks for, you know what, if we trade for Brunson, and Brunson turns out well, we can package Brunson, one of OB, IQ, and Grimes, and five or six first-round picks, and turn that into a star. And maybe they're right, but there are still teams with better assets than the Knicks. The Thunder still have twice as many first-round picks as the Knicks do over the next couple of drafts, and better young players to trade. The Knicks are not number one on the star trade list at this moment. And because of that, I, I sit here and I'm thinking, who is this dude? I went through every team in the NBA last night. I can't identify the person that these picks are for. And if they're just picks, then to your point, that sucks because I would rather take a swing on one of those two guys I just mentioned than have these picks that these nebulous picks that could be something, maybe nothing over the next couple of years. And especially Alex, I went over the protections given that the teams are the Wizards and the Pistons. They're unlikely to convey next year. If they were sure thing picks next year in that 2023 draft, I would be really, really intrigued. Our guy, Jonathan Wasserman tweeted out, I think, two weeks ago at this point or, or a week ago at this point saying a lot of teams are going to try to acquire picks for 2023 because they are more valuable currency than mid first round picks in 2022. Next year's draft is just put in that type of airs. So if those picks were sure things for next year, I would be completely on board with this, but they're not. And especially considering that they had the two 2023 first round picks and they could have had AJ Griffin or Jalen Duran. So that, that that's where I'm at after a night of sleeping on. It. Yeah. I like, Honestly, that I've been looking at it all as one giant move because it seemed like that's how the Knicks were sort of doing it. But had they had the option to just cut bait halfway through, like you said, and just be like, all right, let's leave this whole like Kemba portion out of this. You know, we're just going to and, and you know, giving up the, the large amount of second round picks and, you know, getting that Milwaukee first back while also trading away 13. Like, yeah that's way more palatable to me. You know, I think that would have been fine. You know, move back two spots if they felt good about Duran or AJ, take him. You know, they're so heavily linked to AJ Griffin. It, it really perplexed me a bit that things didn't work out there, you know, I, whatever. But to your point with Duran too, like how functionally different is Jalen Duran from like James Wiseman who went, uh, you know, out of Memphis as the number two overall pick just like two years ago. I would argue in a lot of ways he's better and in some ways like not projecting to potentially shoot the three. You know, that maybe is what the, the big differentiator is, but he's a big center. He plays good defense. He's a great rebounder. You know, he seems to have above average ability to put the ball on the floor. Like I, I don't understand not at least going for that. You know, it's and it's not even just about like giving the fan base something to look at and say, look, we have something to hang our hat on today. It's like, I feel like it says a little something. I, 
I don't know. There's two ways you could interpret this. But one way is that it says, oh, we trust our scouting so much that Walt parents said, you know, none of these guys are, are, you know, big difference makers now that all the ones that we wanted are off the board. But the other way to look at it is like that potentially Leon Rose and maybe Brock Aller were like, no, we'd rather assets than these guys that you spent time scouting, you know, and, and, you know, I don't care about this scouting report where you say that Jalen Duren could be, you know, bam out of bio or whatever. I think that getting this extra Milwaukee first round pick in 2025 is worth more than that. You know what I mean? And from my perspective, I, again, I just look at those picks and like, yes, if they had just traded back and gotten two extra, it traded back two spots, gotten two extra, albeit heavily protected first round picks for their trouble. That's more than worth it. Like that's fine. That would, that that's like, you know, round of applause level move right there. Like that's, that reminds me more of the sort of value that they were getting like in the first year when it was like they traded, was it 20, 27 and 38 for picks uh, or for pick 23 and then turned that into 25 and 33 and moved up eight total spots. Like, you know, that would have been that sort of move where I'm like, yes, this is great. Like, this is great asset management. You're still going to get the guy you want. You only move back two spots, whatever. But then to get that Milwaukee pick, like, I understand that's the closest thing to an unprotected pick that they just added. But I I don't know how many teams you could go to around the league and be like, hey, what if 30-year-old Giannis somehow, you know, is on a team that is in the the cellar and this ends up as a 4-10 to pick or something? in 2025 i just don't see anyone in the league that's going to be like oh yeah i could definitely see a precipitous drop off for Giannis in the next three years and the bucks just being a total tire fire like that's definitely worth banking on and trading like my superstar for or whatever i just don't see it and you know that's the part that annoys me is like this team has done a good job of scouting and drafting and so i have no doubt that whoever they would have taken at pick 13 had they stayed there would have at least been like a quality rotation piece in the NBA. And is that not more valuable than banking on Milwaukee's downfall in two years? I I don't know. You know, like even just from a trade asset perspective, I question it a bit. Um, So, you know, I'm going to try to keep an open mind with it. Like I do with, with everything that the Knicks do. And to your point earlier, like the last couple drafts, we've left it, at the best, like perplexed a little bit. Um, you know, I think in the IQ one, like I had read like Stacy Patton, our, our buddy had wrote, written a really good piece about um, Emmanuel quickly prior to that draft. So I was already kind of talking myself into it. And then obviously that worked out great. Obi, neither of us were sold on. We were actually kind of like annoyed at that pick and he's worked out pretty well to this point. You know, Grimes we were kind of like, who like we looked up so many other guys in this range and they take the one we didn't do one show on. And, you know, we, we just kind of left scratching our heads and ultimately he worked out good too. Deuce. We were pretty happy with in the moment. Sims we were like, I don't know. He bounces and he's at pick 58. So who cares? Like this one is just, there's no fruits of the labor for this one. So the, we won't have anything to judge this on in a few weeks by summer league. We won't have anything to judge this deal on this whole season short of them trading all this stuff for like a Donovan Mitchell. But if ultimately all that these picks end up being used for is to say, like attach one of these to like Evan Fournier to dump him somewhere so that they can go sign Jalen Brunson. Like really how, how great is this front office at asset management? If that's ultimately where things end up, 
I don't know. And we'll have to see. But it's it's still an open-ended question right now. I just wish that we had more than more of an answer than just like, oh, here's Trevor Keels <laughs> after last night, who's another guy that I admittedly know not nearly enough about other than watching Duke games to have seen like Paolo and A.J. Griffin and Mark Williams this year uh, and, and knowing that Keels was just sort of like a glue guy for them. So uh, I guess we'll see. Here's hoping Keels is good, I guess. But it, it was all in all for me an extremely underwhelming night when there was legit rumblings about potentially moving up and getting a guy that yeah. looked like he could have been a franchise alter in, in Jaden Ivey and then not even getting the other guy that the Pistons wound up now getting to pair with Jaden Ivey along with Kate Cunningham and watching them build a fun, exciting young team while the Knicks are stuck with like, I mean, they're not stuck. Like they have a good young core themselves, but they said, no, you know what? We don't want to add any young players to this and we're going to figure this out some other way. Hopefully the answer that they have is, is good because otherwise this is going to look very quickly like a, like a night that wasn't worth it, I don't think, uh, if if some of these things don't pay dividends pretty quickly. Yeah, I, I think I think my only, maybe not even a positive thought, but what's tough about all this is it's human nature to want your team to make a pick, right? It's human nature for a front office to want to make a pick. Like you, you like look 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 at what we've been doing the last two months. We, we spent hours and hours talking to people about prospect, 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 and and the thing is, you're going to miss out on ninety five percent of those guys, but you're going to get someone. And you're like, oh, we talked to uh, a Jake Rosen about this or Mark Schindler about this guy or PD Webb about this guy. And he said this, this, and this, and you get to be excited and you get to go home the next day with that new toy from the toy store as an adult. And it's, it's, it's the best feeling in the world. And it's really exciting. And, and we were, and, and every fan feels a little bit robbed of that. So I think given some time, like given some space, maybe we'll, we'll see what the grand plan here is for the Knicks and it, it'll look really, really good, but they don't have the benefit of the doubt anymore. Like if it, if we go into the season and, nothing has been done with these picks or there isn't anything on the horizon to be done with these picks. And especially obviously if they somehow still miss out on Jalen Brunson and it's this weird conundrum where I'm like, I don't even know if I want them to pay Jalen Brunson, the number they're probably going to have to pay him to get him away from Dallas. But that's the situation where we're in where you're sort of make or break on that guy. So there has to be something bigger in the works. If not to your point and my point, this was uh, a failed night for the New York Knicks. And it's not just one of those situations where on paper, you're like, Oh, that sucks. That I didn't get to celebrate. You're really in a tough position as a franchise. And uh, this is a point that that our, our guy Schwinn uh, made on Twitter, and I agreed with. Um, he thought that this was uh, an I- indicator that they're going to invest in the youth this year, and, and they want to focus on the seven or eight guys on the roster that are 25 or under. And if that's the case, then so be it. Obviously, taking someone at 13 wouldn't have precluded that. Um, and they could have found another way to get off Kembo or just stretched him if it had come down to that. And they could certainly afford to have just done that. Uh, but... I'm hoping that things trend in that direction. We will see throughout free agency. We will wrap up this podcast for now, but a whole lot more to talk about. Um, I'm sure uh, maybe, maybe we'll have our guy, uh, our, our guy JJ back on from Locked On Blue Devils uh, to talk about uh, Trevor Keels a little bit more. Uh, we will go in depth on all potential free agents, all potential trades, uh, but that'll be for the future. Until next time, he's Alex. I'm Gavin. We'll talk to you soon. Peace out.